Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake. For all the latest Greyhound racing news, check out grisland.ie forward slash Talking Dogs. Hello and welcome along to episode 102 of the Talking Dogs on Thursday podcast with myself Barry Drake another wonderful guest this week we're going to speak to trainer Leonard O'Hanlon of course uh, who's no stranger to success in the world of greyhound uh, racing and of course uh, certainly well known so Lenny firstly thanks so much for joining us on the podcast Hi. No problem, Barry. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, great to have you on. Of course, as I said, uh, well-known uh, within Greyhound circles um, at this stage. And I suppose, firstly, uh, Lenny, tell us a bit about your background and uh, how you got involved in this great sport. Yeah, no problem, Barry. <clears throat> so, look, I suppose, starting out originally, there wouldn't have been any Greyhounds at home. <clears throat> My dad would have kept, he, he would have kept horses. He would have been, he bred a few national hunt mares and flat mares and bought and sold horses and I suppose as a, as a child growing up we were myself and my brother Paddy we were we were carted around everywhere with him to sales and race meetings and um, my grandfather then on my mum's side he would have he would have been a horsey man as well he would have kept horses but uh, when he lived in England he used to keep dogs in the flaps and he used to go racing in England and when I was a kid then he used to carry me off the tracks and carry me to Shelburne Park and Harold's Cross and we went everywhere together like he was uh, down to Torlis and down, down to the sales and I suppose that's where the, the first love of, of dogs kind of came in and the interest I suppose it was from a, an early age then I was just I was fascinated with, with, with greyhounds and, 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 and greyhound racing and when I was about 12 then I remember one day my grandfather couldn't take us to the sales and Myself and a friend of mine decided we were going to go over to the sales in Shelburne, or sorry, Harold's Cross. And we went over at the time, and I remember going out the door. And my mother said to me, She says, Whatever you do, she says, don't come back with a dog. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as a kid, like, I, I, I wouldn't have had any money, but I, I, at about 80 or 90 pounds, it was in punts, saved up. And myself and my buddy got the bus over. We went over to Harold's Cross, and I bought a little vintage Prince dog for £70 at the time and <clears throat> I remember coming out the door and I'm on the lead at Harold's Cross and trying to get back on the bus and the bus driver said to us you're not getting on the bus with that fella he says and we, we we no way getting the dog home and look long story short we got a, we got a taxi home with the dog so we no money to pay for the taxi and landed back home and so there was murder when I got home with the dog the, the, the mother hit the roof and you know my punishment back then was the dog wasn't staying so there was horses around here and everything and we were we were into horses but she said that's enough she says no and you're, it was more so but I went against her and didn't do as I was told and the dog was taken off it was, and, you know the dog was given to a, a good friend of ours at the minute now Seamus Murray he, we became great friends he's the Gormelia man he's the he called the Gormelia crossing dogs and Seamus took the dog and from there then Seamus was very good to me back then um, he used to invite me over to take the dog out and parade him when he was racing and he went on to win seven races for Seamus <clears throat> and I was there parade to the dog every night and I suppose that really going racing with Seamus and my grandfather kind of started from there yeah, that's that's an absolute uh, brilliant story um, Lenny and uh, obviously look you, you were bitten by the bug right away yeah well, we were but like I suppose we were still at the horses and we, we were in, we were involved in mares and foals and preparing horses here at home and with my dad and my brother Paddy and then we uh, 
I had a bad accident. I got I got a kick of a horse one day, and I had a bad accident. I ended up in Temple Street. I was only I think I was only 12, 13 years of age. I was in intensive care. I was in a bad way for a couple of weeks, but uh, look, I made a full recovery. And when I came out out of the hospital again, the mother said, "Look, she says whatever you do, she says, will you just will you stay away from them horses?" And of course, the only thing in my mind then was, if I can't be at horses, I'll have to buy a greyhound. And from there, then I bought a greyhound. We went to the sales and we bought a Staples Joe dog and he won us, we trained him at home here so we didn't really know what we were doing and we won his first two races and, you know, buying and selling dogs back then out of the sales and tipping around so we couldn't afford good dogs, like, you know, we couldn't afford to be buying cheap dogs and trying to get a, get a win and, and, and move them on. And through Seamus then, Seamus, uh, he got me a job when, when I was in school uh, working for Ian Riley, I used to go over to Ian's, and Ian is only a couple of miles from us here. And Ian had super dogs at the time: uh, Ruby Sold, Ruby's Cattle, Ruby Stacy. One in English Oaks, um, phenomenal dogs. Puppy Derby's he won. He was really in the in the height of it back then. And uh, I used to go to Ian's and every every weekend when I was in school. And when I finished school, I done the leaving circuit. All I wanted to do was dogs. And I went full time working for for Ian. Um, you know, I had a great time, learned a lot with Ian. Uh, had another spell then with, with, with Ginger McGee, worked for Ginger. Ginger had super dogs at the time. He had uh, Hillcock Josie, Dustin Fox, Shelburne Kay, Shelburne Becky. It was just brilliant being around all them good dogs, good trainers. And yeah, that must have been like a wonderful experience. You touched, you know, Ian Riley there, who was, you know, basically, you know, winning really big competitions back then, and Ginger McGee as well, another high-profile man. You obviously picked up a lot of things there. Yeah, look, it was super, very just being in that environment, you know, from you know, my grandfather teaching me a few things about dogs, and you know, more so being brought up for horses. Like when you go into a, a big kennel at the time like that, and professionalism and and, and just the routine, and you, you just pick up a lot and. Uh, you know, Ian, Ian and Ginger to this day I'm great friends with the two of them and you know, we can pick up the pick up the phone and try I meet Ian regular at the Gallop or wherever, you know, or the shops here local or be chatting away and they're, they're, and, and Ginger as well will be great friends and they're always there for if you, if you need a bit of advice or anything and you know, it, was, it was great times, great times I suppose it was it was if we if we could if we could have the dogs that you had back then and now we'd be doing well. Yeah, look, uh, I'm sure the future is bright. And I suppose, like, you know, as well, um, you know, horses and, you know, looking after horses and stuff like that, that can only help you as well because, you know, they're, they're pretty similar. And, you know, once you can, you know, know how to look after an animal, you're, you're certainly on the right path. Yeah, look, there's a lot of similarities. Definitely, there's a lot of similarities. And um, there's a lot of lads that are mixed up in boats, you know, between the dogs and the horses. And, um, great, it's a great interest. And even, like I said, I still have an interest. I still tip away of a mare there with my dad. We, we, we've, we've won mare there that we breed and she's, in, she's on the foal now this year so still still have, a, have an interest, you know. And we have to give, of course, uh, your brother Paddy O'Hanlon, um, the, the great jockey, uh, a mention, of course. Um, he's enjoyed some great days and, and a very big day, of course, uh, recently winning that Irish Grand National. That was uh, a wonderful story. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Very, like, you know, I'm 10 years older than Paddy, like, so grown up kind of Paddy you know he, 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 was, he was always the, he was always the baby of the family and to see him riding ponies and, and, and hunting and 
out and about and then he went you know he done it the hard way he he went off to England he he done his apprenticeship on the flat and um, he came back from England and he didn't have it easy he he, he had it tough like he had to work hard for for it he, he had a, a lot of rides with not many winners and he came back here but he's been very lucky Dermot McLaughlin is local to us here Dermot actually started Paddy out as a teenager and gave him his first winner on the flat and then Dermot kind of persuaded Paddy to go over jumps and took out his jumps license and from there started riding a couple of winners and still found it hard but look he works hard and our local track is Ferry House and Dermot, Dermot won that at Grand National the year before with Freewheel and Dylan and he gave Paddy the opportunity to ride Lord Lariat this year and he was 80 to 1 that morning and it was oh look it was just one of the, our best days in, 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 in racing or in life just to see him cross that line in front was magic it was it was an unbelievable achievement and your local track for a local trainer and, and, and uh, thank God since then he's uh, it's picked up from you know and he's, he's, he's getting plenty of rides and he's getting more winners and he's, he's doing well but look he works hard and he because in a lot of hours he's very dedicated and he deserves everything he gets you know yeah fair play to him look it was great to see and you know long may that last of course um, all those rides and, and winners no doubt uh, plenty more to come and just in terms of your, your own current operation at the moment um, Lenny tell us uh, what's going on yeah so look I suppose very I always had dogs I always worked I always worked I worked in the family business and, and, and I kept their own few dogs here and try to develop all the time and try to, to you know bring up the standards and, and, and keep keep moving forward and, and rearing a family and you know setting up your own family and buying a house etc like it's very hard to do that out of training dogs full time and I was always working as well as doing the doing the dogs and I'm in a situation now I suppose where I, my kids are at a good age I have a three my little fella's nearly three and keen and my daughter's six and they love the dogs and they're up around the kennels and you know I'm, I'm working for myself at the minute as well so I have more time for the dogs and we're, we're, we're just trying to get a few more dogs in you know better quality trying to get a few more owners and we have uh, we have about 12 dogs here at the minute but a uh, couple for schooling and with a couple of racing uh, with a dog in the derby there at the minute uh, Beepers Chris look he's he qualified the first night he got through with the fastest fort and uh, have a little bitch that won the other night in Derry we brought her up to Derry for the Derry Oaks and she won the first round of that. They're the only two that we have racing, and the rest are a couple of our school. And we've we've a nice little brood, which there, Bally McGalty. She's she's in in, in pup, you know. Very good. So obviously, look as you said, look the two you have racing at the moment are you know two at a, a high standard, and uh, obviously you're not afraid to travel either. Oh no, Barry, have, have that. We'll travel. Look, we. In 2015, there we went across to. I had a little dog, Bally McRicky. We went across to Bellevue with him for the for the English Laurels. And, Ginger was bringing a few dogs over. I went with him, and he made the final. And we had Bally Max Sexton there. We went down to Tralee with him, and he broke the track record in Tralee in 2016. And look, we we go to Derry, we go to <coughs> Derry, Lifford, Drumbo, anywhere, you know, anywhere. If the dog suits, we go. But uh, yeah, no, we're not afraid to travel. And uh, I suppose we're just looking to, to get a few more dogs in now and 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 crack on, and hopefully. Find that, find that one that everyone's looking for, you know. Exactly, and that's what I was going to say. Look, obviously, you know, in in previous years, you've had some really good dogs, and you've done extremely well. Actually, I think I remember reading a, a lovely piece, um, probably on the the Greyhound Annual a couple of years ago. So you're you're no stranger to having good dogs and uh, good success. Yeah, look, we, we we try our best. Look, a lot. Look, I suppose very. There's so many talented trainers out there, and and and, and owner trainers, and you know, 
99% of people can do dogs in this country like and, and uh, it's just a matter of getting the dog and, 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 and finding the dog and then nurturing them and looking after them after that but uh, yeah look that was that, that piece in the with the late Michael Fortin he, he done that piece and uh, after Ulysses we had a dog called Ulysses a good friend of mine Robert Ayres up, up in Donegal he bred him and we had him we trained him he won the he won the puppy derby for his, his hexaclock puppy derby in Newbridge and we sold him on then to uh, John Boyle's Boyle Sports Bottom and he, he changed his name to Boyle Sports Extra. Paul and Kevin Hennessy had him and they done a magic job with him. They done a super job. They really, they really done the way they campaigned that dog. It was top class now and he was just unlucky to get 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 taken out of the semi-final of the Irish Derby. He, he picked up a little injury but uh, you never know what could have been. He, he, he could have been the, the Derby winner, you know. Yeah, and that of course was you know such a high-profile event at uh, the Texas Claus uh, Puppy Derby. That must be one of the the standout moments in, in in your training career. Yeah, that that was definitely was it was it was it was unbelievable, and that too. And I suppose look, breaking the track record in Tralee was a big thing with with Bally Max Jackson because my dad is from Kerry, he's from Bally Longford, <coughs> North Kerry, like, and we went back down to his home place, and sort of it was on the night of the the night of champions down there that race. I, uh, it was the open sprint. We went down with three runners that night. We had two winners. We had Bally Mac and Y, and she won at five seventy. She broke thirty one seconds, and he he won broke the track record seventy and seventy and down there that night. And so there was lads that my dad went to school and from his local village in Kerry that they were all coming up and congratulating my dad. And he hadn't seen them for years. And that was a magic. That was a special moment as well. I suppose they're, they're the two standout moments. Yeah, that that and the Texas class. Brilliant stuff all together, and look, obviously, um, you know, we we can we can hear that. I suppose, like the, from speaking to you over the course of the last thirteen or, or fourteen minutes, you're you're so passionate about the sport. Obviously, uh, you know, you love doing what you do. Oh, big time, Barry. You know, like you say, if you enjoy what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And uh, you know, we put in savage hours here, same as everybody in 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 the game. You know, you're up early in the morning, you're out late at night, you're coming back from tracks late at night. But when you enjoy it, it's not hard work. You know. Very good, and um, of course, look. Uh, just speaking to the off air there um, a, a short while ago. In terms of um, you know uh, Facebook, obviously you know social media has gone gone you know so big in recent years. You have the um, Le- Leonard O'Hanlon uh, Facebook uh, racing page. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, look, I suppose I'm not a huge huge fan of social media and putting stuff up. I look, I, I prefer to let the dogs do the talking, but. Uh, the way things have gone these days, and look, I see Graham Holland and Riverside Kennels they have a great page there. Peter Crone and there's a lot of there's a lot of trainers have pages and set up on social media, and that's just kind of the way the, the, the world has gone. So look, we, we just set it up kind of with the idea of maybe attracting a couple of owners into the into the kennel, and that's that's probably how people see things these days. And if we can put up the odd bit of content there to keep people interested in results and stuff like that, and Kind of, I've actually picked up a, another new owner there in the kennels during the week. Um, Daryl Smith there from from Navin. He 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 owns the one two one gyms in Navin, and he bought a nice little pup actually out of Cork, qualified down in Cork, and he sent one to me. And you know, look, if if if, if it. Uh, if it helps get get the the name out there. We don't mind doing it, you know. Yeah, exactly, and I think it definitely does. And I suppose it it just gives you know a a, a person a kind of a very approachable angle um, to get in touch. So I think that's um, a massive positive. And you know, finally, before we finish up, um, Lenny, um, it, it sounds like you 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 know it's it's all about grounds at the moment going forward, and uh, you look like a, a man that's on a mission. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's it. Well, it's always been about greyhounds, various horses are greyhounds. That's all it's ever been. But look, I suppose primarily, you know, I have two young kids. If they're if they're happy and they're healthy and, and and going forward, and if they take an interest or they don't take an interest, once the family and everyone else is, we're all we're all healthy and we can enjoy the enjoy the sport and keep going, keep going racing, keep getting a few winners and and. Uh, that's the name of the game and look please God you'll find that one or two good dogs and maybe pick up a classic down the line or, or, or that you know that'd be the plan yeah I'm sure you will of course it's probably a, a silly question now at this stage hopes for the future no doubt you'll be you'll be chasing more big race success or you know even a track record would be nice along the way again yeah look I suppose the, the little bitch there is in the, the Derry Oaks on Monday night in the final and, and Bieber's Chris runs in the second round of the Derby look he's the big ask he's one of the big outsiders but He's a young dog that had a, a bit of a, he had a bit of a setback. He had a virus there, and he's only kind of coming to himself again. If we could win the the Derry Oaks, or if we could if we could uh, qualify another round or two to Derby, it sure be. There's nothing like it going into Shelburne Park every Saturday night, and you know, it's, a, it's an unbelievable buzz. And you know, if, if if we can just, I think the game too, Barry is in. A, I think it's in a good position. I think it's it's you know. The game used to be in a great position, and it had a few little setbacks. But it, I think the game is—you know—there's a lot of work being put in, and at the minute, you know, like yourself, there, you do a super job. I listen to the podcast every week yourself, and I see Ian Fortune, Barry Call, Sarah Kinsley, like between us all and social media, and it's brilliant. There's a lot, there's a lot of stuff being done at the minute that drives the game forward and, and and the positive side of the game. And just well done to yourselves, and keep keep going forward and. If I could, any, any, anything at all I could say would be like, I was up in Lifford and I was up in Derry, Derry the night. And the lads in the north put in a put in a, a serious effort. Like they, they don't get funded or nothing up there, and they put in a serious, serious amount. Same time, same effort as we all do down here. And I definitely think I don't know the ins and outs of why it hasn't opened yet, but. If, if if Lifford could open, I think it'd have a great. It'd be it'd be super for the lads in the north. They they kind of do get the short straw and they put in a great effort. And going forward, if Lifford could reopen, it, we had some great days in Lifford through the years and used to go up there every Sunday. And it'd be great to see it opening back up and it'd have a great knock on effect for everyone down the south. And and, and going forward, it'd be. I'd love to see it open up soon, you know. Yeah, exactly, Sam. So what I looked at, um, you know, fantastic uh, uh, words there, of course. And look, it's always great to get all this uh, great greyhound content out. Um, Lenny, look, it was absolutely fantastic speaking to you. Uh, we look forward to following your progress going forward. And uh, we're wishing you continued success in the world of greyhound racing. And uh, no doubt we'll catch up at a later stage. Brilliant, Barry. Thanks very much. I appreciate your time.